Hello. You're listening to The Dollop. I am Dave Anthony. Each week, I read a story from American history to my friend... Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is about. Gary! Gareth. God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary, Gareth. It's Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> The Stiles family has been afflicted for over a century with ectrodactyly. Oh, so they have wings. A condition commonly known as lobster claw syndrome. Oh, shit. We're about to hear about a lobster family. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I might know a little bit about lobster, man. Really? Yeah. It is a rare congenital deformity of the hand where the middle digit is missing and the hand is cleft where the metacarpal of the finger should be. And a lot of times people who don't have that disease but are around people who have that disease, have a, they don't eat lobster anymore. What? Yeah, they stop eating lobster because... Is that true? Uh, I would imagine it is because <laughs> if you've ever seen this... I don't see how you could not pull out lobster meat of a claw and be like, hey, that looks like Daryl. Hey, Jeff. That's Daryl's hand. Yum. Uh, The split often gives the hands the appearance of lobster claws, but cases do vary in severity. The condition usually occurs in both the hands and feet. While it is inherited. More good news. Yeah, right. While it is inherited, it can skip a generation. Oh, Jesus. So you don't have it, but your kids are lobster people. Oh, God. Can you, uh, it's good. If you have the lobster... Uh, go ahead. <laughs> William Stiles was the first in the family who was known to display the condition in 1805. He was followed by Jacob Stiles, Alicia Stiles, and Grady Franklin Stiles Sr. Grady Franklin Stiles Sr. worked as a sideshow attraction. He was billed as Lobster Man. I do. I will say. Yes. <laughs> it, as horrible as it is. Yeah. Freak show time must have been a little fun. <laughs> like it's so obje- it objectifies yeah. people and it sounds like a terrible life. But yeah, there's part of you that like, you're like, oh, this is I if I like saw a guy that. covered in tar going oofty goofty, I'd be like, OK, okay well, I'm going to take this tour a little bit further. I pay for that. Yeah. In the 1930s, carnival goers would pay a nickel to step into his tent and see his performance. <laughs> Grady Sr. and his wife, Edna. What was his performance? I don't know. But from what I read, he just gave a speech. He'd just hop in a pot. He would just be like, like I parents. am a lobster man. And then he would just talk about it. Let me tell you about the ocean floor. <laughs> Grady Sr. and his wife, Edna, had three children. Two had lobster claw syndrome. One was Grady Franklin Stiles Jr., born in Pittsburgh on July 18th, 1937. Okay. Grady had a severe case of lobster claw syndrome. Both hands and claws, sorry, both hands were claws and his legs were stunted at the knees. Oh, wow. The family moved to Gibsonton, Florida, where Grady Jr. was a boy. You definitely go to Florida. Now, known as Gibtown, it was a famous sideshow wintering town. Many carnival and circus people would spend the off-season at Gibtown. It was home to Priscilla the Monkey Girl, the anatomical wonder 
and Siamese twin sisters who ran a fruit stand. <laughs> Give me the list one more time. Priscilla the Monkey Girl. I mean, okay, right there. Fantastic. The Anatomical Wonder. And that is a separate person. That's a separate person. So we don't even... I mean, we're just talking double genital, no I mean, genital. I hope it's yeah. I hope it's just Barbie genital junk. I hope it's just a giant. Maybe just the lobster claw testicle. down there. <laughs> and Siamese twin sisters who ran a fruit stand. Yeah, look, yep. I'll tell you something. Yeah, you need the fruit stand. No, I'd get strawberries every day. You need the fruit stand element. You got because otherwise I'm in. But if they're hawking fruit, I'm yep. loving. Yeah. This is where bearded ladies, strippers, clowns, sword swallowers, magicians. And anyone else who spent time in carnivals lived. They preferred to be called carnies instead of physically challenged. At one time, it was the only post office. At one time, it was the only post office with a counter for dwarves. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't even. It's different time. Different time. (laughs) So. Were dwarves just expected to not mail fucking packages? I don't know. Anywhere else in the U.S. Probably Excuse me, not. can you mail this? Well, they, you know, there was no, no one built stuff for people with disabilities. But so they you, can't get, nobody had a fucking box they could stand to, on? Well, yeah, they probably did have a box you could stand on your chair if you were a dwarf. <laughs> but not here, not in this town. Not in this, this town. town. We spent money to lower the counter a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and the, I also love the clown in the circus freak world. Yeah. It's got to be nice to be the guy who can go home at night, put a little like lotion on your face, take your makeup off and be like, hey, all right, I can go to a bar and be fine. (laughs) As opposed to a bearded woman or someone who's just double genitaled. Double genitaled. (laughs) Aside from the agreeable winter climate, Gibtown offered unique circus zoning laws that allowed residents to keep elephants and circus trailers on their front lawns. Hey, welcome to florida as you drove down route 41 you would see a see a sign that read giants camp that was because a giant man ran a combination trailer park restaurant and bait shop (laughs) (laughs) there's there's a lot there there is a lot (laughs) yep yum Uh uh-huh i'm just gonna go get a meal from a circus freak and buy some bait you know what i want to eat some eggs right next to all that bait (laughs) Al Tumaney was an eight-foot, six-inch-tall man who once toured in the World's Fair Freak Show. Wow. That's where he met his wife, Jeannie, billed as the world's only living half-girl. What? She was two and a half feet tall. She was born with the lower half of her body missing. Uh, uh, So so you have an eight-foot, (laughs) six-inch man just plowing a torso on a wedding night i assume that uh, she just had no legs so she just had like a vagina down there and he that'll just, do he could just pick her up like an apple and fuck her yeah i mean he if you would fuck an apple i've well but different dollar but i i would imagine that he could like it's kind of perfect because he it, could just pick her up and put him put her on his dick and she doesn't have any legs to get in the way and he could just walk around I'm not going to lie. One of the first things I did think was sexually, it's probably pretty perfect. Because <laughs> he's huge and she can. But. Yeah. <laughs> when the sparks are flying around those two, you're like, if, yeah. this, if these two hook up, that's going to be fucking nuts. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> 
Grady Sr. forced Grady Jr. to quit school and join the carnival. Oh, my God. He was billed as what lobster. A, what a horrible sentence. No, don't go to school. Come work at the carnival. Yeah, but how else is he going to make money? He's a lobster boy. He, I, I believe that a lobster boy could you have... You think a lot? What's he's going to be an accountant? He might, he, be a great, he might be great with fucking dip numbers. His, dip one of his claws into ink and then write? Like, what's he, he going to oh, do? Use a uh, computer? I, I'm not suggesting that he's using his finger as a feather in an inkwell, but Imagine. I think... What if he's a what if he's a great poet? Well, what's he gonna write with? Was he gonna bang away on a typewriter? Like, how's he? They, you know, he'll have some anatomically incorrect person jot down his thoughts. <laughs> he was billed as Lobster Boy, and together they were called the Lobster Family. Oh joy! Grady Junior's role was to just sit in a chair and smile as spectators stared at him. Ugh. But as sad as it sounds, Grady Junior actually liked the carnival life. And he loved Gibtown, as it was called by locals. There he was not considered a freak. He could play with other kids. He learned to read and he, to write his own name and even out of fire a revolver. Oh, good. Get as long as gunplay is an option. I don't know how he could hold the gun and shoot it, but, yeah. you know, they're claws. Still. Unable to uh, walk. One of the weirder things you'll ever see is Lobster Boy fire a gun. Yeah. I would pay for that. I would definitely pay for that. Unable to walk. He learned to use his hands and arms to move, which led to Grady Jr. having incredible upper body strength. Okay, so he's just jacked up top. His claws gave him a handshake that was described as excruciating. Jesus. <laughs> well, they're claws. Well, he does, yeah, he does have, like, yeah, they're claws. They're so two he can big... really, really smash people's hands. Jesus. Go ahead, shake it. <laughs> that boy, that lobster boy's got a hell of a grip on him. Lobster boy, let go! <laughs> <laughs> That's why he could shoot the gun. He's got that grip. Sometimes he would slap people with his claw, knocking them to the ground, and then he would butt them with his head. <laughs> okay, so here's, for me, where we're getting into a problematic area. Yeah. Because now he's sort of acting more like a sea lion than a human. <laughs> yeah, it's very sea lion behavior. Just smacking people and just ramming them? Well, he's a lobster boy. Uh, I think maybe school was the option to go with. <clears throat> Grady Jr. remained with the freak show through his through adulthood. In 1959, a woman named Mary Teresa Herzon joined the carnival. She was not disabled in any way. But she, she would fuck any of the freaks. Well, she just ran away from home where her stepfather was making unwanted sexual advances. Jesus. So I guess that's where people go to the carnival. You're like, uh, what's, better, what's better than having my stepdad try to fuck me? Oh, carnival. Do. The carnival. Do, yeah. Sounds they go with freaks. Yep. She was 18 and had a nice body. Lobster Boy was attracted to her, but because he was a star of the carnival and she was a lowly ticket taker, he didn't make a move. So there's a... What an amazing world. <laughs> what an amazing world. The normal girl with the good body. He, the, the man who's ramming people with his lobster claws yeah. can't talk to her because of status. Yeah. He doesn't want to be taken down a notch by no. dating a normie. You're dating a ticket taker? No, oh I'm fucking God. a lion. <laughs> really, the bearded lady is single. But I guess I have the ticket taker. I guess so. Okay. To each his own. I'm not seeing it personally. What if you fuck her and make a normal baby? You know that we have a woman here with a penis, so... Uh, there's a lady with a porpoise head. So, there's options. He's slow. Uh, she slowly advanced, working... At first as a ballet girl. Ballet girls would stand in front of tents and ballyhoo 
ooh, the show's inside. So they would like get people to go in. <laughs> Next, she became a blade box girl standing at a box through which swords were thrust. Okay. So she's moving up. Yeah, that's a, that's a definite increase. And later, she became the electrified girl who sat in an electric chair and was seemingly electrified. Cool. That's when Grady began courting her. Well, that's when he felt like, all right, okay, I've heard about you a little uh-huh. bit now. What's up, electric girl? <laughs> I've had my eye on you since you was a ballyhooer. <laughs> Quote from Teresa. Grady was such a charming man. Everyone enjoyed being in his company. They moved in together and lived together for nine years before Grady married her. Then Grady began drinking heavily. Well, uh, salt water, right? <laughs> That's normal for him. <laughs> Those binges often ended in beatings of Teresa. Jesus Christ. Wait. Okay. Yeah. Now, I think I've heard some of this, but this is news to me. Okay. So he would just get... Shit face. And claw... And, and claw, claw the see, shit out of her. I'll tell you, if he had just gone to school for a little bit, yep. maybe he would have learned... Yep. Or, or if he didn't have the anger from being put in a chair and people staring at him and gawking. Or be rewarded for smacking people with his claw and, and butting head them. Head butting, true. Yeah. They had two children, both who died of pneumonia within a month of being born. Uh, they had two more children who lived, one without lobster claw syndrome Oof. and one with. Kathy was the girl with lobster claws. Grady continued his drunken beatings, now going after the kids. Donna, the girl without the lobster claws, received the worst of it. Oh, God. So yeah. he... he beat up the normal one. Ugh. Yeah. One night. You're just like your ticket-taking mother. <laughs> With all your goddamn fingers. With all your goddamn <laughs> fingers and toes. <laughs> you fucking tenor. <laughs> Quit rubbing your thumb in my face. One night, Grady threw Teresa and the kids out. She thought she sought refuge with the world's smallest man. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Ooh, that's tasty right there. So, All, also known as Midget Man. Oh boy! Who was just over three feet tall. So what is? The, <laughs> why don't you go to the fucking giant who's fucking a torso? <laughs> He took the family to live with the bearded lady. He took the family to live with his mother in Ohio. Four months later, word came that Grady had filed for divorce. Since Teresa did not know about the hearing, she was not represented in court. The judge therefore granted full custody no. of the children to Lobster Boy. When they returned to Gabtown, they discovered Grady had remarried. Grady and his new wife had a child. Grady the Third, he was also a lobster boy with truncated legs. Well, we already know where Grady the Third's life is headed. Yeah, he'll be sitting on a chair next to his dad. Of course. Yeah. Grady Jr. then moved his family back to Pittsburgh. Donna met a boy named Jack Lane, and the two fell in love. Donna started missing time from school, so one of his teachers made a home visit. Grady Jr. swooped in. Quote. From Grady Jr. Oh, this is going to be violent. This teacher, she really liked my claws. So we had sex right in the house. And she kept coming back and back because of this. Everyone I had sex with wants to have sex with my claws. They love it when I use my claws. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
getting finger banged by claws. Oh my, no, you're getting claw banged. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, <sighs> that is the kid? No, that's that's the... That's regular Grady. That's Grady. That's the dad. And, and <laughs> the kid's still a boy. Okay. I didn't know if we time jumped, but... Um, <laughs> that's so vulgar and strange. But he can also... He can... He can... He can double hole. I was just... I saw it... I saw that yeah. created and coming out of you. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Donna soon ran away from her abusive father and moved in with Jack's sister, her boyfriend's sister. Uh-huh. Grady Jr. demanded that she return and threatened to hire detectives. Donna called her father and told him she was pregnant and wanted to get married. But she wasn't pregnant. She returned home and Grady agreed to the marriage. A wedding date was set, September 28, 1978. The day before the wedding, Jack and Donna went to Zare's department store to buy her a wedding dress. Grady Jr. went to a bar and drank 12 whiskeys. Oh, boy. When Donna came home, she noticed Grady's wheelchair was missing, so she went out to look for him. Oh, no. Then she heard a bang come from the house, and she ran back. The lobster boy had shot Jack in the chest with a shotgun. What the fuck? He died. When police arrived, Grady just said, Take me, I'm ready. What? Yeah. He didn't want his daughter getting married. The lobster boy's terrible. I know he's terrible. What I remember is that Lobster Boy drank a lot and was violent. Okay, well, you're getting that. Yeah. I I didn't realize he was shooting people in the chest. Grady was charged with first-degree murder. His deformity created a strong sympathy for him. At the trial, his character witnesses were a bearded lady, a carnival midget, and Paul Fishbaugh, a.k.a. the fat man. So I remember (laughs) when I told you my jury duty story once. Where I pretended to be racist to get thrown off of the uh-huh, jury. Uh-huh. This is the trial you want to be oh, on. This is fuck. the one where you're pitching why oh. you get you get jury duty for this trial. Yeah, this is a miracle. Because you already like to be honest, the more morbid the better when it comes to a trial. The idea that you get to see bearded women <laughs> testify. In the fat the man? state calls the bearded lady. <laughs> World's tiniest man, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Half lady, what do you say? <laughs> um, and the giant who works with worms. The the fat man weighed 600 pounds and could not fit in the witness chair. So he had to sit on the ground in front of the... On the ground was the other the option? Stand. They Where else was he going to sit? I don't get a fucking big chair. He couldn't fit in there. The chair, the chair only barely <laughs> fits stand? in there. He, I guess he could stand, but he's so fat. He might need to do a little more standing. Uh, but Lobster Boy was the best witness of all. Having been a showman his whole life, he gave the performance of his life. The jury only found him guilty of voluntary manslaughter. Wow. But jailing him proved to be a problem. Oh, Christ. A state penitentiary official wrote to the judge to say they didn't want Lobster Boy in the prison system because they would have to put a guard on him all day long to care for him, and that wasn't possible. So Grady was given a sentence of 15 years probation. 15? Because uh. <laughs> he's a lobster boy. He's like magical. Yeah, yeah. I will say he's a real loopholer. Grady immediately left town to avoid paying his attorney and started... <laughs> <laughs> after all this, after murdering a man and getting away with it, ah, I'm not going to pay for that shit. <laughs> and he started his own sideshow with 10 acts. Grady then divorced his second wife and moved back to Gibtown. Meanwhile, Teresa had grown bored 
of her tiny husband, and she divorced him. She then moved back in with the man who beat her repeatedly, Lobster Boy. Ugh. In 1989, they remarried. Just, if you're the, her parents, you've got to be like, well, we did not do a good job. She brought her son with her from her relationship with the smallest man. His, her son's name was Glenn. He was six feet four inches tall and weighed 240 pounds. Oh, snap. And he had Down syndrome. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is what is it is just is, is anything right <laughs> oh my god <laughs> grady jr appeared to have changed for the better he was kinder and gentler he kept his drinking at a minimum at first oh god then he started drinking more and more and even more so when he went to the local carny bar called sideshow usa the beating started again Grady felt invincible. When he resumed beating his family, one of his favorite taunts was, I killed before and got away with it. I can do it again. In 1992, Lobster Boy hit the road again. It was his 42nd year in show business. By this time, he had pushed most of his family into the business. His daughter, Kathy, and her husband ran the Animal Oddities exhibition, which included a two-headed raccoon. (laughs) Donna ran an illusion in which she turned into a gorilla. (laughs) Glenn was there. <laughs> he was called the human blockhead. Oh, boy. And he drove nails up his nose. Oh, my God. Grady. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, nobody is safe. This is an outbreak. Grady the Third was there as the new lobster boy. Together, he and his father were the lobster family. Yeah, for sure. The nineteen ninety two. This is nineteen ninety two. For those for those of you wondering what was going on, grunge was about to start. I mean, this seems like it should be the thirties. It's nineteen ninety two. <laughs> we hear monsters. Nirvana's about to put out their album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nineteen ninety two tour was full of family fights and squabbles. Teresa said she wanted Grady Jr. dead, and Kathy agreed. In the fall, Teresa asked Glenn, the human blockhead, to find someone to kill Grady for $1,500. Glenn contacted Chris Wyant, a sideshow performer who was known to brag that he killed people in drive-by shootings. (laughs) More likability. Always always believe a carny when he says he killed people in drive-by shootings. I love to drive by and shoot people. (laughs) Well, you're probably our guy. When I'm not a clown. Your resume seems pretty tight. Chris agreed to do the deed. Chris then asked his friend Dennis Cowell to to drive him somewhere. He took Dennis to a store and bought him a pair of black pants, Nike shoes, a black and white shirt, and a Raiders cap. Dennis was thrilled. Chris then asked Dennis to drive him five miles away to buy a gun. He asked Dennis to fill out the paperwork for the gun, which Dennis did. Uh, what? Are you getting a weird feeling? Yeah, very weird feeling <laughs> that this guy is implicated in a drive-by he doesn't know is happening under his watch. A couple days later, Teresa and Kathy ducked out of their mobile home and left Lobster Boy watching TV. Just after 11, Chris entered wearing black pants, Nike shoes, a black and white t-shirt, and a Raiders cap. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, it's, I hope he bought two. It's foolproof. <laughs> It's foolproof. He just completely set up his friend. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out of my house, you lobster boy, right before he was shot in the head. Oh, my God. The, 
The plan did not work, though. Cops immediately suspected Teresa and Kathy because they had left the house right before Lobster Boy was shot. Hey, we're going outside to do what? Outside! To not be implicated. Plus, they showed absolutely zero emotion at the murder scene. They were like, oh, yeah, he's dead. Oh, good. Or, uh, uh, damn. Oh, I feel bad. Oh, it's a shame. Uh, and... He had so much beating left to do. And a big strike against... The two was that Teresa had hired her son with Down syndromes to find the killer. <laughs> so yeah, probably hard to. So that was. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. That's, that's probably a... pretty easy to crack. That's, that's a... Hey, did you kill him? No. Did you hire someone to kill him? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. He's got nails in his face. He's got nails. Just this one doesn't come out. Okay, we're good here. Blockhead. <laughs> Uh, Teresa, Chris, and Glenn went on trial separately. Chris was convicted and received a sentence of 27 years. Teresa tried a battered spouse defense, but it didn't fly because she hired a killer. You can't... Yeah. Look, he beat me up so much that I went out and hired someone to kill him. <laughs> that I calculatedly murdered him. At the trial, her attorney played a horrible video of Grady Jr. putting Grady the Third in a headlock and choking him. Grady III testified he couldn't breathe, and this kind of thing happened often. Suddenly, the judge took ill, and a new judge was brought in. The new judge asked the tape to be played with sound. Now it was a different story. On the tape, father and son could be heard giggling. Oh, dear. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Is there volume on this? Oh, it's interesting you ask. There is. Oh, you are. And it completely changes. We don't need volume. Damn it. The volume defense almost worked. Teresa was convicted and sentenced to 12 years in prison. Glenn, the human blockhead, was up for trial next. The DA offered him the same sentence as his mom if he pled guilty. Glenn's lawyer recommended he take the deal. Teresa, however, convinced him otherwise. She said to fight it. Glenn was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is there anybody who's not horrible? No, nobody, no. Grady Jr. was buried in International Independent Showman Garden of Memorials, the graveyard of Carnies. Oh, what? The family has carried on. Grady Third has a daughter, Sarah, who does not have lobster claw syndrome. Kathy is married and has a lobster clawed daughter named Misty. The three of them still perform on occasion. Kathy has taken up acting and has appeared in the series Carnival and in Tim Burton's film Big Fish. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's so dark. It's super dark, right? It's so dark. I'm surprised it's never been made into a movie. I can tell you why it hasn't been made into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. He should have stayed in school. There's a lot of women right now wondering. Oh, God. Not in a good way what it's like to get banged by a claw. Ugh, claw banged? It might be great. It might be great. What if it's the best sex you ever had? Uh, Then don't have it. I mean, it's like (laughs) hearing heroin's amazing. I'm not going to do it. Just, you know. Yeah. If you fall in love with a man based on his personality and he has lobster claws, by all means. But we don't... Yeah. I think we've learned, let's steer clear of this gene pool for a little while. I don't know. Not just because of the claws, but because of the violence. They might turn it around. I don't think they're going to. They might turn it around. I don't believe it. I'm telling you. No, you're not telling me. 
All right. <laughs> oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 